Fallops is back here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm back to bring you my best recipes and do much more professional quality cooking shows than the old original Chef Carnelli cooking show itself. I will teach you how to cook and bake like a chef in your kitchen exclusively here on the American Variety Network. For the first time ever, tonight, I debut a baking show on American Variety Network. I will teach you and everyone how to bake like a chef on this show and every primetime baking episode, how to del bake delicious goodies using my tips and delicious recipes. You'll leave each baking show with more information on baking than you ever had. Tonight, live next on Primetime Baking, Chef Alex is back to talk about cakes and cake-like desserts. Get some delicious recipes and tips live next here on American Variety Network. You are tuned in live to the American Variety Network here live on Blog Talk Radio. With a name like American Variety, you can expect a wide variety of topics. Now, let's get live here on the AV Network. You're listening live to the Chef Cardinelli's Cooking Show on Blog Talk Radio. Chef Alex welcomes you into the kitchen where he teaches you how to cook and bake. Come get some tasty recipes and helpful cooking tips so you can cook and bake like a chef. Now, on to Chef Alex in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... It's time to get in the kitchen and start baking some delicious desserts and pastries. Do you have a sweet tooth like Chef Alex? Then this is the perfect show for you. Coming up live right now on the American Variety Network is Primetime Baking, a baking radio show that will focus on baking homemade goodies. And you will get delicious baked good recipes you can use for your next bake sale or anytime. So let's get in that kitchen and start baking. Are you ready for some sweetness and sugar? Primetime Baking is now live. Hello, dessert lovers, and welcome to Primetime Baking, right here on the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show on American Variety Network. I am your host, Chef Alice Cardinelli, and I'm proud to be back right here on Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, I'll be talking about cakes and cake-like Dessert. I'll talk about everything from cakes, including the origins of cake, the history of cake, the kinds and types of cake, etc. And then I'll also talk about cake-like desserts, like what are whoopie pies and things of that nature. And I have plenty of recipes for you, my listeners, tonight. I've got about nine wonderful cake recipes, including my delicious red velvet cake, Mississippi mud pie, and much more. So you're tuned into the perfect baking show if you've got a very good sweet tooth. So today's show is being recorded live, so I'd love to have a couple of dessert lovers call in. Do you have questions about making cakes? Do you want to discuss your favorite cake? Or do you want to share your personal favorite cake recipe with all of our wonderful listeners out there? 
Well, then simply just grab your phone and dial in at 1-347-989-8142. That's 1-347-989-8142. I got to admit, I'm digging this Blog Talk Radio Hi-Fi Studio. When you call in, your phone is going to sound like a microphone. That's how good my Hi-Fi Studio is here. So why don't you call in and uh, talk about cake with us here on the show. One more time, the call-in number is 1-347-989-8142. All right, let's go ahead and get started because we've got a lot to talk about tonight. I'll start the show by talking about my personal favorite cakes and my personal favorite cake-like desserts. My first favorite cake is red velvet cake. I know a lot of you guys probably already know that if you listen to the Chef Cornelli cooking show here on Block Talk Radio, you would have already known that red velvet cake is my all-time personal favorite cake. It's a really great cake. It's actually very nice and moist with a nice red coloration with a sweet hint of chocolate flavor and then a great tang with the cream cheese frosting. However, my personal favorite cheese, uh, my personal favorite red velvet cake is my very own because I actually use a white chocolate cream cheese frosting. I, I like the contrast of the tanginess from the cream cheese, and then I like the sweetness from the Ghirardelli white chocolate. So I have to say, my personal favorite red velvet cake of all time is my very own. Uh, red velvet cake recipe. I know kind of selfish, right? But you have to like your own cooking or baking, as they say. And I actually have a very good white chocolate cream cheese recipe that I'm going to share with you. Well, well, it's actually a white chocolate cream cheese buttercream recipe that I'm going to share with you on the show. So that's my first favorite cake. My second favorite cake is a classic American cake, a chocolate cake. Now, I love all kinds of chocolate cake. I'll eat it if it has uh, chocolate icing or vanilla icing. But for me to be a, a personal favorite, a chocolate cake has to have peanut butter buttercream or peanut butter frosting on it because I like that Reese's combo of peanut butter and chocolate. And in my opinion, a chocolate cake with peanut butter frosting is a match made in heaven. It is really, really delicious. So that would be my second favorite cake. My third favorite cake, because I'm a huge chocoholic or a person that's really addicted to chocolate, would be a triple chocolate cake. You've got the chocolate cake layers. Then you've got the first layer is dark chocolate ganache. The second layer is milk chocolate ganache. And the third layer, believe it or not, in my cake that I make, the triple chocolate cake that I make, has white chocolate on top. So you've got very nice contrast of colors. On the bottom, you've got a really dark black, uh, dark chocolate ganache. In the middle, you've got like a brownish milk chocolate. And on top, you've got white chocolate ganache. And then on the side, you can either do chocolate frosting or vanilla frosting, depending on how you want your cake to look. But it's going to be great. Nobody can ever have too much chocolate in their life because chocolate is awesome, especially on cakes. 
Now, my next favorite cake happens to be a simple cake to make, a very easy cake to make homemade, and that is vanilla cake. Now, growing up, I'm pretty sure a lot of you have experiences with vanilla cake because it's one of the most popular cakes for birthdays, believe it or not. But I like vanilla cake, but my all-time favorite frosting for a vanilla cake happens to be cream cheese frosting. I think cream cheese frosting goes very well with a vanilla cake. So those are all my personal favorite cakes. Now, let's talk about my favorite cake-like desserts. My first favorite cake-like dessert is what we call here in America a whoopie pie. Now, later on in the show, when we get to cake-like desserts, we're going to talk about what exactly a whoopie pie is, but it's a treat that is made popular here in New England, which is the area of where I live. I live in New England, specifically Massachusetts, and whoopie pies are very, very popular down here all year round. It ain't particular to one season. Whoopie pies are, are available year round and are usually available all over the United States of America. And uh, basically whoopie pie is like a cake that is sandwiched together and does not get frosted on the whole entire surface. The frosting is only in the center, but they are a very, very delicious sweet and they come in a wide variety of flavors. Back in the old days, it used, to just, it used to just be chocolate or vanilla, but now it's got a wide variety of flavors for whoopie pies. So my personal favorite whoopie pie, as of right now, until I find more, is a red velvet whoopie pie. And actually, I actually prefer the red velvet whoopie pie with uh, vanilla icing for some reason. I don't know why that is. But I like my red velvet whoopie pie with vanilla icing. I actually think that the vanilla icing tastes good with a red velvet whoopie pie. Maybe it's because naturally uh, the regular whoopie pies usually just have vanilla icing with a little bit of marshmallow fluff in it. So that's probably why I prefer the um, red velvet whoopie pie with that vanilla buttercream with marshmallow fluff. One thing about all whoopie pies is that they have marshmallow fluff, uh, marshmallow fluff in them which makes them delicious. And my last favorite cake-like dessert happens to be Mississippi mud pies, which are uh, like a cake or brownie-like consistency. So it's a cake at the bottom of the pan. And then once you bake that cake, you're going to add some marshmallows and put those under the broiler for a few seconds until they get nice and roasted. And then you top that with a nice chocolate ganache or a chocolate icing. So if you are a big chocolate lover and you love marshmallows, this is a great dessert for you because you've got the very uh, fudgy cake or brownie hybrid, and you've got a layer of roasted marshmallows and chocolate frosting on top. And I usually serve that when I worked. I served that to the younger generation, and they actually loved it. So I like it too because I love marshmallow. And I love chocolate. And I have my very own recipe for Mississippi mud pies that I'm going to share with you when it comes time to sharing recipes. So those are my personal favorite cakes and cake-like desserts. And like I said, you're welcome to call in and discuss your favorite cakes and cake-like desserts anytime during today's show. 
So for somebody that loves sweets but does not follow the scientific background of baking, my goal for primetime baking is to educate you on each and every single dessert. So that's what we're going to start doing tonight, and we're going to start by answering the question, what is a cake? Well, we all know that a cake is a form of sweet dessert that is baked. We all know that already, right? We all should know that by now. But did you know, in its oldest forms, cakes were modifications of breads. Well, so in the old days, cakes were breads. But now, cakes cover a wide range of preparations that can be simple or elaborate and share features with other desserts, such as pastries, meringues, custards, and pies. Now, cakes usually have a lot of ingredients, but typically the cake ingredients are flour, sugar, eggs, butter, or oil, or some kind of fat, with some recipes also requiring additional liquid, for example, milk or water, and sometimes leavening agents, such as yeast or baking powder. Now, common additional flavorings include dried, candied, or fresh fruit, nuts, cocoa, or extracts, like vanilla extract or lemon extract, and numerous substitutions for the primary ingredients are very possible. Now, cakes can also be filled with fruit preservatives or dessert sauces, like pastry cream, they definitely can be iced with buttercream or other icings, a.k.a. your birthday cake, your layer cake, etc. And it can be decorated with fondant, piped borders, or candied fruit. So those are all of your typical ingredients for cake. Now, we all know that cake is often served as a celebratory dish, or it can also be served on regular uh, days, but usually it's served on celebrations, on ceremonial occasions, like for example, weddings, anniversaries, and birthdays. But every, every now and then, we all get the, t the taste for a cake. So not all the time is cake gonna be served on celebrations, but originally back in the day, cakes were only reserved for ceremonial occasions, but as we adapted, we learned that cake was food and we could eat it on every other day or any day we wanted to as well. So there are countless cake recipes. Some are bread-like, some are rich and elaborate, and many are centuries old. Now, cake making, fortunately, is no longer a complicated procedure because while at one time, Considerable labor went into cake making, particularly the whisking of egg foams. Baking equipment and directions have been simplified so that even the most amateur cook can make a cake and bake a cake. All right. That was just some uh, good information on cakes to start the show. Now, I want to get into the history of cake. Because I'm always interested in learning the history of some of the foods that I am cooking and some of the foods that I am baking. So I'm pretty sure you, the listeners, would appreciate this great information. So 
The history of cakes dates back to ancient times. The first cakes were very different from what we eat today. They were more bread-like, and they were sweetened with honey. Now, back in the day, nuts and dried food, uh, dried fruits, excuse me, were often added to the, these cakes. According to the food historians, the ancient Egyptians were the first culture to show evidence of advanced baking skill. Medieval European bakers often made fruitcakes and gingerbread. These foods would last for many months. Now, also according to the food historians, the precursors of modern cakes, the ones that are round with icing, were first baked in Europe sometime in the mid-17th century. This is due primarily to advances in technology, more reliable ovens, manufacturer availability of food molds, and ingredient availability, which happens to be refined sugar. At the time, cake hops, which are round molds for shaping cakes that were placed on flat baking trays, were very popular. They could be made of metal, wood, or paper, and some were very adjustable. Now, cake pans were sometimes used. The first icing were usually a boiled composition of the finest available sugar, egg whites, and sometimes flavorings. The icing was poured on the cake. The cake was then returned to the oven for a while. When removed, the icing cooled quickly to form a hard, glossy, ice-like covering. Many cakes made at this time still contained dried fruits, for example, raisins, currants, and citrons. Now, it was not until the middle of the 19th century that cake as we know it today, made with the extra refined white flour and baking powder instead of yeast, arrived on the scene. Wow, the cakes we know today did not arrive to the 19th century. Well, wow, that's interesting. Now, did you know that packaged mixes for cake were introduced in the 1920s? So those cake mixes that you guys buy, like Duck and Hines and some of the other ones, Betty Crocker, for example, those cake mixes were introduced in the 1920s. I think my great-grandmother was born back then. Well, so that was a while ago. That's almost 10 years ago, or, oh, excuse me, that's definitely more than 10 years ago, folks. <laughs> that's more than, almost more than 100 years ago, I mean to say, because in five years, it'll be 100 years that these cake mixes were introduced. So that's the history of uh, cake and cake mixes. Now, speaking of cake mixes, I want to offer my thoughts on them. Because I know a lot of my listeners out there, I know a majority of you probably bake cakes, but you probably use cake mixes. And I know when I was working in uh, culinary school and in a restaurant, sometimes when we were running low on ingredients, we, we actually would use uh, Duncan Hines cake mix. And we had it in a restaurant quantity. So we would be able to produce a really good amount of cakes in a really short time. So um, cake mixes aren't that all bad. Um, I'm not going to sit here and belittle anyone that uses cake mixes because I'll be the first to tell you sometimes when I'm running low on time and I don't feel like uh, mixing up a lot of ingredients, I will use a cake mix. 
However, I will say we don't know for sure what ingredients are going into our cake mixes. We don't know if there's any preservatives or if there's any uh, ill chemicals going into our cake mix. So what I, what I will tell my listeners out there, if you can uh, make homemade cakes, I really would suggest making a homemade cake. I know that sometimes our budget is a little tight, so we may enjoy baking, and you may think that by buying a cake mix, you're going to save yourself a lot of money. But in the long run, you could be causing some illness because of the unknown chemicals in the cake mixes. I'm not going to try and deter you from using cake mixes because once in a while, I will use a cake mix. And the only cake mix I would ever recommend people to use is Duncan Hines because they seem to be like a homemade tasting cake mix. Um, Duncan Hines red velvet cake mix, for example, tastes really like a homemade cake. So if I am really short of time or really short of ingredients and I want to make a red velvet cake, I will run and get a Duncan Hines red velvet cake mix. Now, they list every single ingredient on their box. However, a lot of people really don't like Duncan Hines because they use um, what is called Beetlejuice in their red velvet cake. Uh, and that's that happens in a lot of the red food coloring. So even in a homemade red velvet cake, there is potential of having that Beetlejuice because it's made in the red food dye and the red food coloring. So it really is not going to make a difference if you're going to be it boxed or homemade. But that's when people who really study food. I know a lot of our listeners out there don't study food that well, so they really don't care about the chemicals and stuff. But I know there are a few people out there who really care about that. So if you are one of those chemical freaks out there that study all the chemicals in your food, I'd say that cake mixes aren't for you. I'd go with the homemade route. But if you do want to stick with cake mixes and avoid the struggle of homemade cakes, I will give you one tip. For extra moistness, I would add probably about um, an extra egg. I tend to find when I add an extra egg to my cake mixes, I get a little bit more moisture. Now, if you if you really don't want to try adding the extra egg, you can add applesauce, and that'll draw out some more moisture in your cake and make it a really moist cake. And actually, you can actually replace your oil with the applesauce to keep it a healthy cake. So those are just my overall thoughts on cake mixes. I like using them when I have to, but... Um, since I'm a chef, I like to alter my cake recipes. So, uh, for example, my cannoli cake, which I'm going to have a recipe for later on the show, I actually do use a box cake mix for that, and I add some ricotta cheese to it and stuff. We'll talk about that when we get to there. So that's my thoughts on cake mixes. So if you have any thoughts on cake mixes, please feel free to call in 1-347-989-8142. All right. Now, I want to talk to you guys about the kinds of cakes because there is more than one kind of cake. You know, when I was a waiter, I used to get so annoyed when I would serve dessert and the customer was like, I'd like a piece of cake. And I look at him and say, okay, um, uh, what kind of cake do you want? Because you know there's wide varieties of cake, right? And then they would look at me and say, huh? I want cake. <laughs> so I'd have, to, I'd have to give them the dessert menu and read every single piece of cake that we offered. 
But so I don't want any of our listeners going through that when they go out to eat. So I want to tell you all the kinds of cake that I know on top of my head. So the first kind of cake is a butter cake, one of the most common kinds also. So a butter cake is a cake in which one of the main ingredients is butter, obviously. Now, a butter cake is baked with the most basic ingredients, butter, sugar, eggs, flour, and leavening agents, such as baking powder or baking soda. It is considered as one of the uh, most important cakes in American baking because it's a really popular cake here in America. Now, butter cake is the base of many flavors from the United States of America. Most of the cakes in the USA are butter cakes or they're derived from butter cakes. These would include cakes like vanilla, chocolate, carrot, red velvet cake, and all the famous layer and sheet cakes we love and adore here in the United States of America. Now, butter cakes can be layer cake, which means two round circle cakes filled with frosting or cream and frosted. They can also be sheet cake, which is baked on a sheet pan. So next time you go to a bakery and you're offered a layer cake or a sheet cake, think of it like this. A layer cake is a circular cake that is produced in layers. Usually have a one layer, a two layer, a three layer, or multiple layer. And a sheet cake usually has one layer. So that's your difference between a layer and a sheet cake. And again, the sheet cake is baked on a cookie sheet or a sheet pan, as a lot of chefs like to refer to it. And like I said, your different kinds of butter cakes would be vanilla, chocolate, red velvet, carrot, uh, German chocolate, uh, black forest cake, etc. All those are butter cakes. And then, of course, you have cupcakes. Really no definition needed for a cupcake. I think everyone should know what a cupcake is. It's a cake that is baked in a uh, paper foil that actually makes a cupcake. And or what we call a muffin liners in the culinary world. It's cake batter baked in a muffin liner that makes a cupcake. It's usually intended for a single serving. However, I just recently found out that they are coming out with bigger uh, muffin liners designed for two servings to serve two people, which is pretty cool, I guess. But I prefer the single serving because if I were to go and buy one of those uh, muffin liners designed for two, you know what? Those two cupcakes or that cupcake that was designed for two would end up in my belly, and I would have had cupcake that would have been enough to serve two people for one big fat guy. So, <laughs> so I prefer the single serving cupcake so I don't feel bad. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so the next kind of cake is ice cream cake, which is really popular here in the summer. And an ice cream cake can usually be a butter cake, any, any kind of butter cake that has ice cream in the middle of it. And then it's frosted with whipped cream. You guys all know what an ice cream cake is, one of my personal favorite cakes. However, I will admit to you guys, I have never, ever made an ice cream cake in my life yet. And that's on my bucket list. I'm going to have to make an ice cream cake. And when I do make an ice cream cake, I'm going to have to make a YouTube video of it so you guys can see how my first time making an ice cream cake goes. All right? So those are your basic cakes 
that are very popular here in the United States of America. Butter cake, cupcakes, and ice cream cakes. Now we're going to get into the culinary term of cake because there's a lot of different kinds of cakes in the culinary world. The first one is a pound cake. Pound cake refers to a type of cake traditionally made with a pound of each of four ingredients. A pound of flour, a pound of butter, a pound of eggs, and a pound of sugar. However, any cake made with a one-to-one-to-one-to-one ratio by weight of flour, butter, eggs, and sugar may also be may also be called a pound cake as it yields the same results. Now, pound cakes are generally baked in either a loaf pan or abundant mold and served either dusted with powdered sugar, lightly glazed, or sometimes with a coat of icing. So pound cakes are popular here in the United States of America and all over the world. And here in the United States of America, we usually like to serve pound cakes with strawberry shortcake. Pound cake is usually used for strawberry shortcake in uh, my honest opinion. Okay, so the next kind of cake that I want to talk to you guys about is angel food cake. Now, angel food cake or angel cake as it's sometimes called is a type of sponge cake originating in the United States that first became became popular in the late 19th century. It is so named because of its airy whiteness that was said to be the food of the angels. Wow, that's pretty cool. Now, angel food cake requires egg whites whipped until they are stiff. Cream of tartar is added to the mixture to stabilize the egg whites. Remaining ingredients are generally folded into the egg white mixture. For this method of leavening to work well, it is useful to have flour that has been made of softer wheat. Cake flour is generally used because of its light texture. The softer wheat and lack of fat causes angel food cake to have a very light texture and taste. Angel food cake should be cut with a serrated knife as a straight edge blade tends to compress the cake rather than slice it. Forks, electric serrated knives, special tinted cutters, or a strong thread should be used instead. And a lot more people prefer angel food cake for strawberry shortcake instead of pound cake, as I'm finding out on Twitter right now. And yes, angel food cake is used for strawberry shortcake as well. All right. The next kind of cake is a very popular cake in British and Canada. United Kingdom, and it's becoming more popular here in the United States of America, and that is a coffee cake. Now, a coffee cake is a common cake or sweetbread available in many countries. The term coffee cake can refer to any of the following. A cake, which is often a sponge cake, which is made with coffee or has a coffee flavor. A class of cakes intended to be eaten alongside coffee. For example, as part of a breakfast meal, or that may be eaten during a coffee break or offered to guests as a gesture of hospitality on or around the coffee table. Under this definition, a coffee cake does not necessarily need to contain coffee. They are typically single-layer cakes that may be square or rectangular, like a stolen or loaf-shaped rectangular cake, or they may be ring-shaped as abundant. Coffee cakes may be flavored with cinnamon or other spices, 
seeds, nuts, and fruits. These cakes sometimes have a crumbly or a crumb topping called trussel and or a light glazed drizzle. Some similarity to tea cakes may be found, though tea cakes can be individually sized bake items served with teas. And coffee cakes are very good. I actually prefer a very good warm coffee cake with a cinnamon trussel on top. So these are the majority of the cakes that are out there. Those are all of the kinds of cakes that are out there. So, um, so let's focus in on the butter layer and sheet cakes out there. We mentioned the kind of them. They are the uh, red velvet, chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, pineapple, upside down. Those are all those cakes. And the reason we're going to focus in on those is because right now we're going to talk about frosting. So let's talk about frosting cakes. First, we will talk about the kinds of frostings. We have the classic buttercream, a.k.a. the American buttercream. This is made by creaming together fats, which is butter, margarine, or vegetable shortening, and powdered sugar to the desired consistency and lightness. Now, the classic buttercream usually has more sugar than fat and volume. Types of the American buttercream would include cream cheese frosting, vanilla frosting, chocolate frosting, strawberry frosting, etc. They all fall under the category of American buttercream or classic buttercream. And then we've got Italian meringue buttercream. Now, Italian meringue is prepared by the addition of sugar syrup made by heating sugar in water and sometimes the addition of glucose or corn syrup to stabilize the crystal structure heated to the softball stage, which is 118 degrees Celsius, 240 degrees Fahrenheit, to egg whites whipped to soft peaks. The sugar syrup cooks the egg whites, heating them well past the 60 degrees Celsius, 140 degrees Fahrenheit, recommended in the USA to kill salmonella and other potentially harmful bacteria. The syrup and egg white mixture is then whipped and cooled until it reaches room temperature. And I actually really enjoy the Italian buttercream. It's very fun to make. And since I'm an Italian, I have to love the Italian buttercream, right? Okay. The next kind of buttercream is the Swiss buttercream. Now, Swiss meringue is prepared by cooking the egg whites and sugar together in a bowl placed on a pot of boiling water. The mixture is whisked while it, while it cooks until the temperature of the mix reaches 60 degrees Celsius or 100 degrees, 150 degrees Fahrenheit. The mixture is then removed from the heat and whipped at high speed until it forms stiff peaks and has cooled down a little bit. Now, the next kind of buttercream is French buttercream. Now, French meringue is prepared by whipping egg whites, cream of tartare, and castor sugar until stiff, glossy peaks are formed. French meringue is usually used in recipes in which the prepared meringue is piped or spread onto a sheet pan and then cooked in a slow, low-temp oven. Now, when used as a base for buttercream, it remains uncooked. Because of the health concerns in USA surrounding the consumption of raw eggs, the use of French meringue as the base for buttercream is rare there. In other countries, uncooked meringue 
is more common. So those are the kinds of different types of buttercream. Okay? Now, I myself do not consider myself to be a professional cake, cake decorator. Sure, I'm able to frost the cake, but I'm definitely not a professional cake decorator. So I really don't have a clue on how to tell you how to decorate a cake because all I do is take a, uh, take a knife and I frost my cake and straighten uh, it out. Or sometimes I use a pastry bag. But I have somebody here to help me explain to you how to frost a cake. So I actually learned how to frost a cake via YouTube. And I had permission to share this YouTube video via MP3 with you. And she's going to tell you how to frost a cake. Enjoy, folks. And hopefully, with this three-second MP3 file, you'll be able to get the gist of how to frost a cake. Hi, I'm Karen for Expert Village. Now, it's important now to use lots of frosting for this next step. Take a very large amount of frosting and just put it on the side. Okay, now you're going to frost only on top of frosting, and you're only going to go a little bit around. Just press that frosting along the edge and work your way. The knife is going this way and that way, this way and that way, just lightly spreading that frosting around. Don't worry about it being messy because we're going to smooth it out later. We just want to cover the whole cake. It's very important not to get crumbs in your frosting. So you only frost on top of frosting. Watch how I, where I put it, right on top of where I've already frosted. And then I just push it along. Like I said, don't worry about the mess. We'll take care of it later. We'll just work our way slowly around the cake. When you're frosting it, you want to get this little lip up around the edge. I'll show you what we'll do with that later. Remember to use a generous amount of frosting as you go along. Be careful not ever to pull the knife away straight because you can pull the frosting away from the cake and end up with crumbs. Okay, now that we've covered it all the way around, we're going to smooth it. Oops. If the cake shows through a little, you'll need a little more ice. lightly sweep around that cake, taking off the excess. And remember, we want to form a lip around the top of the cake. If you see any crumbs in your icing, just stop, take them out, continue on. Okay, let's go one more time around. 
that looks good for now. Okay, so maybe it was not the best idea to play a YouTube video on a radio show on how to frost a cake. Because like I said, I'm not an uh, expert on frosting a cake, so I really have no way of explaining how to frost a cake here on the show. But I hope that you at least got a little gist of how to um, frost a cake. But since this show is brand new to the American Variety Network, Primetime Baking is new to the American Variety Network. I'm actually looking to get somebody that is experienced in baking cakes. I actually want someone to come on here and talk about frosting cakes in detail so that you guys will understand and uh, be able to hear from an expert on how to frost a cake. So we'll uh, take care of that for you. All right, so I pretty much talked about everything you need to know about cakes, I think, from my point of view. If you have any questions on cakes, please feel free to call in now at uh, 1-347-989-8142. Now, somebody is uh, asking in in uh, on Twitter about comparison between homemade cakes and box cakes. And earlier in the show, I talked a little bit about that. Uh Honestly, in my opinion, if you make a homemade cake, you're going to taste the quality of the cake you're making because you know the ingredients that are going into a homemade cake. And like I said earlier on the show, you don't know what ingredients are in a box cake mix. However, if you're going to be doing a box cake mix, I would say your best your best fit would be to do a homemade frosting, which you really don't need that much ingredients for a homemade frosting because all you really need is butter, and powdered sugar, vanilla extract, and milk for a basic vanilla uh, buttercream. But in my opinion, cake is cake, whether it's a homemade cake or a box cake mix. So I really don't care what kind of cake you're making as long as you're getting in the kitchen and uh, making a delicious cake. So now that we talked about cakes, let's talk about cake-like desserts because there's a lot of desserts out there that are trying to impersonate cake. And it's actually pretty funny. There's actually a lot of different desserts out there. They either have cake in them or they're trying to copy cake. So let's talk about these different desserts out there. The first one is whoopie pie. And like I said, they are really popular here in New England. Here in New England, we know them as whoopie pies. And you may know them as something else somewhere else in the country or world. I know sometimes they're called gobs or giant fat Oreos or whatever else they're called in the uh, world. But we know them as whoopie pies here in New England. Now, I like to think of whoopie pie as a hybrid between cake and cookie. It's usually a round cake or cookie that is sandwiched between a creamy filling. Now, why whoopie pies are considered a New England phenomenon and a Pennsylvania image tradition, they are increasingly sold throughout the United States. According to food historians, English women would bake these desserts, known as hucklebucks or creamy turtles at the time, <coughs> excuse me, and put them in farmers' lunch pails or lunch boxes. When farmers would find the treats in their lunch, they would shout, Whoopee! 
Now, it is thought that the original pies may have been made from cake batter leftovers. Now, the whoopie pie is the official state treat of the state, Maine. Now, as of 2015, and per my research, I have found that these are the kinds of whoopie pies. Chocolate, chocolate chip, vanilla, red velvet, gingerbread, and pumpkin. So you've got a regular chocolate, you've got a vanilla with chocolate chips, you've got plain vanilla, and you've got red velvet, gingerbread, pumpkin. And I'm pretty sure there's more varieties of whoopie pies out there. Now, generally, the kinds of fillings for a whoopie pie would be the traditional vanilla filling, which has marshmallow fluff in it, and that is used to fill the classic chocolate whoopie pie and the classic um, vanilla whoopie pie and some of the other specialties as well. We've got a um, cream cheese filling that is usually used to fill the pumpkin whoopie pie and the red velvet whoopie pie. And you've also got a chocolate filling that I don't see very often here in New England, but I've seen it in other states. I've seen it when I took vacations to Florida and stuff. Actually would have like a chocolate whoopie pie with chocolate filling. I thought it was okay, but I thought the chocolate filling was kind of overpowering the chocolate whoopie pie uh, cake thing, and I didn't really didn't like it. Uh, peanut butter filling is very popular here in New England. It goes great with a chocolate cake for the pie, and it's great. So that's whoopie pie, really good dessert. And I've got two great whoopie pie recipes I'm going to share a little later on in the show. The next cake-like dessert is trifle. Now, trifle is a dessert consisting of pieces of cake, some sort of custard or filling, and whipped cream or Cool Whip. Now, it is usually served during the summer as a replacement for a heavy, rich slice of cake. It's often served at barbecues and picnics. Now, barbecues will often sell trifle using their cake scraps. And it can be anything from a vanilla cake to red velvet cake to chocolate cake to um, German cake, German chocolate cake, or Black Forest cake. Now, with the red velvet cake, I found that they usually use like a cream cheese mousse and uh, white chocolate mousse. It makes it a very good trifle. I've had trifle a few times, and I definitely like it. I've always, always contemplated making trifle for the first time. Just like the ice cream cake, I've never made trifle yet, simply because I don't have a trifle dish, and I had to go out and buy one. If you want to make trifle, I really suggest you have a trifle dish. Or maybe you can use um, uh, shot glasses, large shot glasses, or uh, what do you call those things that they make uh, yogurt parfaits and stuff in? Or you can use like a uh, plastic cup, a single serving cup for um, a trifle if you're going to serve it for a party. Uh, I definitely would recommend, if you're going to serve for a party, I definitely would recommend using a disposable single serve yogurt parfait kind of cup. Right now I can't remember the name of it, but when it comes to me, I'll remember it and share it with you, my wonderful listeners. All right, now the next kind of cake-like dessert is a brownie. A brownie is really popular 
No, a brownie is a flat baked dessertware that was developed in the United States at the end of the 19th century and popularized and very popular in both the United States and Canada during the first half of the 20th century. Now, brownie is a cross between a cake and a soft cookie in texture and comes in a variety of forms. Depending on its density, it may be either fudgy or cakey and may include nuts, icing, chocolate chips, or other ingredients. A variation made with brown sugar and chocolate bits, but without melted chocolate batter, is called a blondie brownie. And one of my personal favorite brownies in this whole entire world is a chocolate chip uh, blondie or a white chocolate blondie. Really, really good. Now, the next kind of cake-like dessert is cake pops. Now, cake pops are actually cake. They are leftover cake shaped into a ball to resemble a lollipop rolled in either icing or chocolate, and they are decorated in sprinkles, Oreos, nuts, anything crushed up to add some crunch to it, basically. Now, I've never had cake pop before uh, because they don't seem to be popular state. I haven't seen them. Uh, but in bake sales, they are very popular. I know I noticed that cake pops seem to be real popular with teenage girls. So if you have uh, younger girls or teenage girls, they may enjoy making cake pops. I have never tried them, but I'm pretty sure I will like them because they've got frosting, they've got uh, melted chocolate, and they're usually decorated. Now the next kind of uh, cake-like dessert is a cake donut. Now cake donuts are made from sweetened dough that is leavened with baking powder and generally dense and cake-like. A popular type is the traditional donut dusted with sugar and cinnamon. Now, cinnamon, or excuse me, cake donuts are versatile and they can be made with different shapes and flavors and it can be filled, iced, or, or glazed. All right. Now, this is where you would see chocolate cake donuts, Carrot cake donuts, red velvet cake donuts, uh, and all those other kinds of donuts because Duck Nuts, Tim Burton's, and Krispy Kreme donuts are actually coming up with different kind of cake batters to put in cake donuts, which is pretty good. All right. I, I actually prefer the cake donuts over the yeast donuts, in my opinion. I love cake donuts. They're really good. Uh, I'm not a of the yeast donuts because I think they're too squishy for me. In my opinion, they're too squishy in appearance. And I like the, the density and moistness of a cake donut. I love the cinnamon sugar donut, and I also love the plain cake donut. And once a year, Dunkin' Donuts and Krispy Kreme, usually around Christmas time, so I've got a couple months ahead of time to actually think about it and get ready for it, but usually around Christmas time or sometimes Valentine's, uh, Dunkin' Donuts and Krispy Kremes, and I think sometimes Tim Hortons will, they usually will introduce a red velvet donut, and they actually have a very good uh, cream cheese glaze that goes on their red velvet donut, and I definitely enjoy that. I'm actually surprised. We have a Tim Hortons up here in Cape Cod. I actually uh, went to Cape Cod last year, and I tried the Tim Hortons, and they were actually very, very good. So hopefully it'll come up here in Springfield, Maine. I live. And the last cake-like dessert we're going to talk about is Mississippi mud pie. Now, as we talked about earlier, 
Mississippi mud pie is a rich chocolate forward slash brownie because I know a lot of you may think of a uh, mud pie as being a cake. Brownie, so that's why he said forward slash brownie because it could be either or. But the cake or brownie serves as a crust. It gets topped with marshmallows and then the marshmallows get roasted. Then it gets topped with a chocolate icing and I never told you, but my secret ingredient, more marshmallows. One of my personal favorites. So it's got a great chocolate flavor with the cake and brownie. Then it's got a great marshmallow flavor, especially when marshmallows are roasted. It brings out the natural sugars in marshmallows. And then it gets topped with some more chocolate icing and uh, more marshmallows. So now you have your information on cakes and cake-like desserts. I think it's time to play some recipes, and we'll do that really soon right here on Primetime Baking. Coming up next on Primetime Baking, some delicious cake and cake-like dessert recipes used for dessert. I've got nine great recipes I'm going to share with you tonight including red velvet cake, vanilla cake, chocolate cake, red velvet will be pies, chocolate chip will be pies, and more. Stick around because recipe time on our very first ever primetime baking is next. Right after a word from our Google Fish Inc. and our supporters who are fish keepers. Right after we play their clip, we'll be right back here on... Primetime Baking on the American Variety Network. School of Fish, Inc. offers everything an aquarium hobbyist in western Massachusetts needs. We offer the best alive stock from freshwater to saltwater and everything in between. We also have the best corals and live rock. School of Fish, Inc. carries the best brands of fish food, medications, and equipment such as Hikari, Tetra, Marineland, API, and much more. Stop by and check us out today. School of Fish, Inc. located at 1865 Page Boulevard, Springfield, Massachusetts. And we can be reached at 413-543-1994. We're open Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Closed Tuesdays. Check out School of Fish, Inc. That's School of Fish, I-N-C, on Facebook for exclusive deals, specials, and see what's new. Are you a serious tropical fish keeper? Do you currently keep discus cichlids, or are you looking to keep discus cichlids and need to find some quality discus? Why not come to Discus Hans? Discus Han proudly supplies plenty of American discus hobbyists with quality Stenker discus. The Stenker discus provide fish hobbyists the opportunity to raise show quality discus because Stenker discus can adapt to tap water and even breed in tap water. Discus Hans has helped serve many discus fish lovers with his quality Stenker discus, and you can experience the beauty of Stenker discus from Discus Hans. Discus Hans will ship quality discus cichlids right to your door. Check out Discus Hans at www.discushansusa.com. And to place your order for your very own Stenker discus, check out discusfishstore.com. Hey guys, this is Donovan. 
I'd like to tell you a little bit about my show, Here for the Fix. I talk about how to became a fish keeper until now, talk everyday fish keeping, and about my favorite fish, African fishes. So go check out my YouTube channel, Here for the Fins, all together lowercase, and check out my Facebook, Here for the Fins. The crazy Italian-American turns 22 on August 15th. So on his birthday, he is going to host his own 22nd birthday episode. And you are all invited to be a part of it. There will be some great topics. A Mike's Hard Lemonade Alcohol Review. And more. Call in live at 1347-989-8142. That's 1347-989-8142. To wish Alex a happy 22nd birthday. So come on, celebrate your Osa's birthday live Saturday. At 10.30 p.m. Eastern. 9.30 p.m. Central. 8.30 p.m. Mountain. And 7.30 p.m. Pacific. Sit back, relax, and unwind. As Alex has a blast. And does what he loves on his birthday with an awesome show. www.blogtalkradio.com slash American Network. live to the Chef Cardinelli's Cooking Show on Blog Talk Radio. Chef Alex welcomes you into the kitchen where he teaches you how to cook and bake. Come get some tasty recipes and helpful cooking tips so you can cook and bake like a chef. Now, on the Chef Alex in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... It's time to get in the kitchen and start baking some delicious desserts and pastries. Do you have a sweet tooth like Chef Alex? Then this is the perfect show for you. Coming up live right now on the America Variety Network is Primetime Baking, a baking radio show that will focus on baking homemade goodies. And you will get delicious baked good recipes you can use for your next bake sale or anytime. So let's get in that kitchen and start baking. Are you ready for some sweetness and sugar? Primetime Baking is now live. And welcome back to the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show here on the American Variety Network. Welcome back to Primetime Baking, our first baking show ever on Blog Talk Radio. And tonight I have been discussing cakes and cake-like desserts before our commercial break. And now I'm getting ready to give out nine personal cake and like dessert recipes. But before I do that, I'd like to remind anyone out there listening live, please feel free to go ahead and call in at one 989 Pick up your phones and dial in. One three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. You can call in and ask any cake questions you have, or share your very own cake recipe with all of our listeners out there. Because if you share your recipe, it could become famous. Because this show is heard on Blog Talk Radio, it's heard on Stitcher Radio, it's heard on iTunes, it's heard on YouTube. 
So your recipe is going to be heard by everybody in the United States and all over the world. So I want your recipe to become famous. So go ahead and call in at 1-347-989-8142 and share your personal cake recipe. All right. So for the very first time ever here on Primetime Baking, it's recipe time. I'm excited to share my personal recipe with you. And I know you've been listening to this show to hear my recipes. So I'm excited to share them with you. So let's start the recipes. And I'm ready to start with my first recipe, red velvet cake. Ladies and gentlemen, my first recipe is my personal favorite of all time. You guys should know that red velvet cake is my personal favorite cake of all time. So I'm going to share with you my favorite cake recipe that is soon to be your favorite cake recipe. This is Chef Alice Cardinelli's red velvet cake. I'm going to give you three recipes in one. First, I'm going to give you the red velvet cake recipe, which should be enough for two 8-inch round layers. Then, I'm going to give you the no-bake cheesecake filling, which you're going to use to fill one of the layers. And then, I'm going to give you the frosting, which is going to be a white chocolate cream cheese butter cream. So, here we go. Chef Alex's no-bake cheesecake red velvet cake. A very good, delicious cake. So, for the red velvet cake, you're going to need one stick of butter, softened, two and a half cups of sugar, two eggs, two ounces of red food coloring, two tablespoons of cocoa, one cup of buttermilk, two and a quarter cups of cake flour, one teaspoon of vanilla, and one teaspoon of baking soda. Now, to make the cake, you're going to need two cream together in a large mixer bowl the butter and sugar add eggs one at a time beating well after each addition in another bowl mix your red food coloring and your cocoa until cocoa is completely dissolved add to the cream mixture you might need to use two bottles of red food coloring if you want a nice dark deep red coloration like I do now mixing on low speed Add buttermilk and flour alternately, beginning and ending with flour. Mix well, but do not overbeat to ensure a nice, light, fluffy cake. Add vanilla flavoring. Mix well. Blend the baking soda into the batter. Transfer into two floured and greased 9-inch round cake pans. Bake in a preheated oven, 350 degrees Fahrenheit, for 25 to 30 minutes, and cool completely before you fill and frost. Now, let's talk about the no-bake cheesecake filling, which you're going to fill one of your layers. You're going to need 16 ounces of cream cheese, 3 cups of sugar, and 1 teaspoon of vanilla. To make the no-bake cheesecake filling, all you got to do is mix all together and you're going to you're going to put frosting in the center of one of the cakes. You're going to put the filling in one of the centers of the cake, completely cover the whole center, use all the no-bake no cheesecakes that you have. 
Now, the last part, the last thing you're going to make is the cream cheese white chocolate buttercream. And you're going to need 8 ounces of cream cheese. You're going to need 4 ounces of Ghirardelli white chocolate, a half cup of butter softened, 1 teaspoon of lemon juice or extract, or you can omit it if you don't like lemon juice, a teaspoon of vanilla extract, 2 cups of powdered sugar, and a small teaspoon of milk. To make the cream cheese white chocolate buttercream, melt your your uh, your Gelladelli white chocolate in your microwave for about a minute until it's completely melted. Cream the butter and cream cheese and white chocolate for three minutes. Add the extracts. Slowly beat in the powdered sugar two cups at a time. Then add a real small amount of milk. Now you could use four cups of powdered sugar, but me I cut it down to two because the white chocolate is really sweet. And then you're going to frost the cake with your cream cheese white chocolate frosting. And let it sit in the fridge for about 25 to 30 minutes before serving. And you can also let it set up overnight in the fridge, which will be even better. Because then your frosting and your filling would have completely set and you'd have a great taste. So there's my red velvet cake. And I hope you guys give it a try. The next cake recipe I'm going to give you brings me back to my childhood, and I'm sure it's going to bring you, the listeners, back to your childhood as well. Okay, so remember back in your childhood when vanilla cake was always available? I'm not sure about you, but vanilla cake was always at all of my birthday celebrations, and I'm pretty sure you have vanilla cake for your birthday celebrations. So I'm thinking back to my childhood, and I always loved vanilla cake. So if you like your childhood and you like vanilla cake, this recipe is for you. Here is Chef Alex's vanilla cake recipe with a delicious vanilla buttercream. And you can even decorate this vanilla cake with sprinkles after you put on the buttercream. But anyways, here is Chef Alex's vanilla cake. Simple Simple, simple, and yet so delicious. So, my vanilla cake calls for one cup of white sugar, a half cup of butter, two eggs, two teaspoons of vanilla extract, one and a half cups of all-purpose flour, one and three-fourths teaspoons of baking powder, and a half cup of milk. Directions. Preheat your oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Grease and flour a 9 by 9 inch pan, or you can line a muffin pan with paper liners. So I make a vanilla sheet cake, or I make vanilla cupcakes. You can also do a vanilla layer cake, but just make sure to grease your layer pans. In a medium bowl, cream together the sugar and butter. Beat in the eggs one at a time, then stir in the vanilla. Combine flour and baking powder, add to the cream mixture, and mix well. Finally, stir in the milk until batter is smooth. Pour or spoon batter into your prepared pan. And bake for 30 to 40 minutes in the preheated oven. For cupcakes, bake 20 to 25 minutes. Cake is done when it springs back to the touch. And that is my simple vanilla cake. Now, I want to give you my simple 
vanilla buttercream, which you can use for any of my recipes. You can use this for my red velvet cake recipe or my chocolate recipe. Whatever cake recipe I have, you can use this vanilla buttercream for. But generally, I tend to use my vanilla buttercream for my vanilla cake because vanilla and vanilla go so well together without overpowering anything. My buttercream is not going to overpower this cake. All right? So my vanilla buttercream has one pound of butter. It has four cups of powdered sugar. It has a teaspoon of vanilla extract and one and a half teaspoons of milk or more if you like a more thin icing. Directions. Cream your softened butter and two cups of powdered sugar at a time. Then Add some more sugar, the remaining sugar, and cream for two to three more minutes. Then add your vanilla extract and your milk. And it should be like a spreadable uh, consistency. If it's not spreadable, you'll need to add an additional teaspoon to tablespoon of milk, depending on how thin you want your buttercream. And that's it. That's my buttercream. Now, you could add more sugar if you want, but I don't like my frostings to be really sweet. So, I usually go with maybe four cups max of sugar. So, I hope you give this recipe a try, and I hope you like it. Here is a delicious chocolate cake recipe that I personally use, and I know that you are going to enjoy this chocolate cake. I'm a big fan of chocolate cake. I love chocolate cake with peanut butter frosting or a classic chocolate frosting. So here is my chocolate cake recipe that I personally use. It starts off with two cups of white sugar, one and three-fourths cups of all-purpose flour, three-fourths cup of unsweetened cocoa powder, one and a half teaspoons of baking powder, one and a half teaspoons of baking soda, one teaspoon of salt, two eggs, one cup of milk, a half cup of vegetable oil, two teaspoons of vanilla extract, and a cup of boiling water. Preheat your oven to 350, grease and flour two 9-inch round pans. In a large bowl, stir together the sugar, flour, cocoa, baking powder, baking soda, and salt. Add the eggs, milk, oil, and vanilla, and mix for two minutes on medium speed of mixer. Stir in the boiling water last. Please be aware, the batter will be very thin, so don't freak out. Pour evenly into the prepared pans. Bake 30 to 35 minutes in the preheated oven until the cake test done with a toothpick. Cool in the pans for 10 minutes, then remove to a wire rack to cool completely. Now, you can frost this chocolate cake with the vanilla icing or the, cho or the uh, cream cheese icing I gave out earlier in the show, or you can use a chocolate icing. So basically what you're going to do is take that vanilla icing that I made earlier and you're going to add some melted chocolate to this. You can use melted chocolate chips or melted white chocolate and you got a nice chocolate icing to use for this chocolate cake. You can also do a peanut butter icing by adding some peanut butter and powdered sugar to your vanilla icing. You want to combine the peanut butter and a little bit of powdered sugar before you add it to your vanilla icing. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the chocolate cake recipe. Hope you guys try it. Well, with me being Italian and loving Italian desserts, this recipe is only fitting. You see, I love cannolis and I love a nice, rich vanilla cake. So, Chef Alex is here combining the two. 
why not combine cannolis and vanilla cake? Matter of fact, my mom is famous for this recipe. She makes a delicious cannoli cake using Duncan Hines vanilla cake mix. And it's going to be a hit with all you, the listeners, because you don't have to whip up a homemade vanilla cake unless you really want to. It's a really simple recipe, but in the end, I promise you, it's a really delicious recipe that's going to save you time, and you're really going to love it. So if you love cannolis and you love vanilla cake like I do, this recipe is for you, and you definitely are going to enjoy it. So here it is, my simple cannoli cake. You're going to need one box of Duncan Hines butter recipe yellow cake mix, where you can use any kind of vanilla cake you have, one pound container of ricotta cheese, three eggs, three-fourths cup of sugar, one teaspoon of vanilla, and about a half cup or so of mini chocolate chips. You can use more or less, depending on how much you like chocolate. Prepare the cake mix according to package directions. Pour into a greased 9 by 12 pan. Beat remaining ingredients well. Gently pour and smooth over the cake batter. Bake at 350 for one hour. So you're going to want to add the chocolate chips to the ricotta, eggs, sugar, and vanilla. Cool and sprinkle with powdered sugar. Now you could actually go one step further and make a cannoli filling or frost this with vanilla icing. But personally, it's best with powdered sugar, and it's best served warm, in my opinion. But it actually, it actually gets better chilled as well. So it's good warm, but better when chilled and placed in the fridge for 24 hours. So that's my delicious cannoli cake recipe, and it's really moist. It's like a uh, bread pudding consistency when it's chilled overnight, but it's really good. If you're Italian and you love ricotta, you're going to love this cake. So give my cannoli cake a try. I know a lot of my listeners out there are big fans of pineapple upside-down cake. And honestly, I really enjoy the pineapple upside-down cake, but really I haven't had it in many years. I also know that my good friend, Slashmaster1989, Jeff T., really loves pineapple upside-down cake. It's one of his personal favorite uh, cakes, so this recipe is dedicated to him and all my listeners out there. So anyways, here is my pineapple upside-down cake recipe. So, you're going to need a half cup of unsalted butter melted, two-thirds a cup of packed brown sugar, three cups of fresh pineapple peeled, cored, and cut into one-ish chunks, one and a half cups of all-purpose flour, one and a half teaspoons of baking powder, a half teaspoon of salt, a half teaspoon of ground cinnamon, a half cup of unsalted butter softened, two-thirds a cup of white sugar, two eggs, one teaspoon of vanilla extract, and three-fourths cups of milk. Directions. Preheat the oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. In a small bowl, stir together the melted butter and the brown sugar. Spread the mixture evenly in a well-buttered 9-inch round cake pan. Pat the pineapple very dry between several sheets of paper towel and arrange it evenly on top of the sugar mixture. Sift together flour, baking powder, salt, and cinnamon. In a large mixing bowl, cream the softened butter with the sugar until the mixture is light and fluffy. Add the eggs one at a time, beating well after each addition. Stir in the vanilla. Add the flour mixture in three parts alternately with the milk, beginning and ending with the flour mixture. Beat well after each addition. Spread the batter evenly into the prepared pan. 
Place the cake in the middle of the oven. Bake for 45 to 55 minutes or until tester comes out clean. Let the cake cool in the pan on a rack for 15 minutes. Run a thin knife around the edge and invert the cake onto a plate. Serve the cake warm or at room temperature. And that is pineapple upside down cake. It's time to give you one of my personal favorite recipes. Now we're going to get into the cake-like dessert recipes. And the first recipe I'm going to share with you is one that I really enjoy. I really enjoy making this, and it is very, very delicious. And I think you guys are definitely going to enjoy it. Now, I've made this for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, and a lot of the other holidays and celebrations. And everybody that eats this really enjoys it. So... The first cake-like dessert recipe I'm going to give you is for a red velvet whoopie pie with cream cheese filling. Now, a whoopie pie is a hybrid between a cake and a cookie sandwiched with frosting. And the red velvet whoopie pie is very good. So here is my personal red velvet whoopie pie recipe. For the red velvet whoopies, you're going to need three cups of AP flour. An AP flour is all-purpose flour. A third cup of cocoa powder. One teaspoon of baking powder. A half teaspoon of baking soda. Half teaspoon of salt. Half cup of butter at room temperature. Half cup of vegetable shortening. Half cup of light brown sugar. One cup of white sugar. Two eggs. Two teaspoons of vanilla extract. Three teaspoons of red food coloring. And one cup of buttermilk. And for the cream cheese frosting, or filling, whatever you want to call it, you're going to need four ounces of cream cheese at room temperature, four tablespoons of butter at room temperature, three and a half cups of powdered sugar, and one teaspoon of vanilla extract. Preheat your oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Line two baking sheets with parchment paper and set aside. Whisk together the flour, cocoa powder, baking powder, baking soda, and salt in a medium bowl and set aside. In the bowl of a stand mixer with a paddle attachment, beat together the butter, shortening, and bowl sugars on low speed until just combined. Increase the speed to medium and beat until fluffy and smooth, about five minutes. Add the eggs one at a time, beating well after each addition. Add the vanilla and the red food coloring and beat until just blended. Now you may have to use two bottles of red food coloring if you want a deep red coloration. I like a deep red coloration, but it just depends on your personal preferences. So I'd say uh, if you want a little bit of red color, use half a bottle. If you want like a, like a really um, intense red color, you'd have to use about two bottles. Now add half of the flour mixture and half of the buttermilk to the batter and beat on low until just incorporated. Scrape down the sides of the bowl. Add the remaining flour mixture and remaining cup, or excuse me, remaining half cup of buttermilk and beat until completely combined. Using a spoon or a medium cookie scoop, which is what I use, drop a tablespoon or of batter onto one of the prepared baking sheets and repeat, spacing them at least two inches apart. Bake one sheet at a time for about 10 minutes each or until the cookies spring back when pressed gently. Remove the baking sheet from the oven and let the cookies cool on the sheet for about 5 minutes before transferring them to a rack to cool completely. 
While the cakes are cooling, prepare the filling. In the bowl of the stand mixer with the paddle attachment, beat together the cream cheese and butter on medium speed. Add the sugar and beat on low speed until combined. Add the vanilla and increase the speed to medium high. Beat until creamy and smooth about four minutes. And to assemble, spread the filling onto the flat side of one cake using a knife or spoon. Alternately, you can use a pastry bag with a round tip. And you're ready to serve these great whoopie pies. Enjoy the great red velvet whoopie pies. If you love chocolate chip cookie ice cream sandwiches, you're going to love this recipe. Chocolate chip whoopie pies. Man, these are delicious. I actually found out about chocolate chip whoopie pies by going to a local gas station of mine called Cumberland Farms, and they actually have a whole selection of whoopie pies and other baked goods, and I saw that they had chocolate chip whoopie pies, and I instantly became attracted to them. Chocolate chip whoopie pies are very good, and I highly recommend trying Cumberland Farms chocolate chip whoopie pie, but you can also make your own with this great recipe that I'm going to provide you. It's a great chocolate chip whoopie pie with chocolate chip buttercream filling. It's got great taste, and you're definitely going to enjoy it. Alright, so here is the chocolate chip whoopie pie recipe. One and one quarter cups of all-purpose flour. So for those of you who don't know what that means, that's one and one fourth cup of all-purpose flour. A half teaspoon of baking soda. A quarter teaspoon of salt. A quarter cup of butter at room temperature. A quarter cup of brown sugar. One large egg. One teaspoon of vanilla extract. A half cup of buttermilk. And two-thirds cup of chocolate chips. Preheat your oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Line a baking sheet with parchment paper. In a medium bowl, whisk together your dry ingredients, which are your flour, baking soda, and salt. In a large bowl, cream together the butter and brown sugar until light and fluffy. Beat in egg and vanilla until well combined. Stir in half of the flour mixture, followed by the buttermilk. Stir in remaining flour, mixing just until no shrieks of dry ingredients remain. Stir in your chocolate chips. Drop tablespoonfuls of batter, making them as round as possible, onto prepared baking sheets with parchment paper. You will need 32 individual cookies. Bake for 11 to 14 minutes until, until cookies are set and spring back when lightly pressed. Cool on a wire rack completely before filling. And now for the chocolate chip buttercream filling. One third cup of butter at room temperature, one tablespoon of milk, one teaspoon of vanilla extract, a pinch of salt, one to one and a half cups of powdered sugar, a half cup of chocolate chips coarsely chopped, or of course, I would prefer to use the mini chocolate chips. In a medium bowl, beat together the butter, milk, vanilla, and salt until well combined. Gradually beat in the powdered sugar until filling is smooth and creamy. It should not be quite as stiff as a regular buttercream frosting. Stir in your chocolate chips and spread in between cool whoopie pies and sandwich them together. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the chocolate chip whoopie pie. And I'm definitely going to be making this chocolate chip whoopie pie for um, Thanksgiving and Christmas this year and possibly for my birthday party. Anyways, here is the chocolate chip whoopie pie recipe. 
Well, if you are an American and you don't know what a Mississippi mud pie is, then you really need to reconsider yourself as an American because this is a great American uh, cake-like dessert that a lot of us Americans love. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to present to you my recipe for a Mississippi mud pie. And basically, a Mississippi mud pie is a cake or brownie-like crust that is topped with marshmallows that get roasted a little bit, and then that is spread with chocolate icing. It's very good for those of you who like cake or brownies and love marshmallow and chocolate. Really good recipe, my friends. So here it is, Mississippi Mud Pie. For the cake part, you're going to need one cup of butter, a half cup of cocoa, two cups of sugar, four large eggs, slightly beaten, one and a half cups of all-purpose flour, one dash of salt, one teaspoon of vanilla extract. Now, if you're a nut kind of person, you can, you can use one and a half cups of pecans, but they're optional. I don't add pecans to my recipe. And four cups of mini marshmallows. Now, for the cake, you want to preheat your oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. You want to lightly grease a 9 by 13 inch pan. You're going to melt the butter in a medium saucepan. You're going to add the cocoa and stir. Remove from the heat. Pour butter mixture into a mixing bowl and add sugar and eggs. Mix until blended. Add the vanilla. Mix in the flour and salt. Stir in the pecans if you're using pecans. Put batter into a prepared pan and cook for 35 minutes or until done. Remove from the oven and sprinkle with marshmallows. Cool in the pan on a wire rack. Now, the ingredients for your chocolate frosting include one 16-ounce package of powdered sugar, which has been sifted, a half cup of milk, a third cup of cocoa, and a quarter cup of softened butter. Now, to make the frosting, you're going to combine all of the ingredients and mix until smooth. Spread red frosting on cooled cake. If your frosting is too thick, add more milk. And that is your delicious Mississippi mud pie. Really good, folks. Give it a try. And our final recipe for the show is an American classic recipe, and it is brownies. We all love brownies. We think of brownies as like a mixture of cake and cookie because brownies come in three different textures, chewy, fudgy, and cake-like. But I love all kinds of brownies. Nonetheless, here is my personal recipe for brownies. It's a really good recipe, and I think you guys are going to like it. So here's my brownie recipe. Two cups of white sugar... One cup of butter, half cup of cocoa powder, one teaspoon of vanilla extract, four eggs, one and a half cups of all-purpose flour, a half teaspoon of baking powder, and a half teaspoon of salt. Melt the butter or margarine and mix all ingredients in the order given. Bake at 350 degrees Fahrenheit for 20 to 30 minutes in a 9 by 13 inch grease pan. And that's how easy this recipe is. So give my brownies recipe a try. You're going to love my brownies. And, of course, you can frost these with vanilla or chocolate frosting and decorate them with sprinkles. So those are all of our recipes for this week's primetime baking show. Now, if you want a copy of my recipe, or if you want a document file of my recipe, I can certainly give you a document file of my recipe. Simply email
eight at Alex Cardinelli ninety three at gmail.com. Everything is lowercase in the email. Okay, so if you could not hear me correctly and you want any single one of my recipes from today's show, please email me at alicecardinelli93 at gmail.com. Well, we reached the end of our very first primetime baking show here, one of our very first cooking shows here on American Variety Network was a very good show. But if you have any other... If, but let me re-say that again because I just made a mistake. <laughs> Laugh at uh, Chef Alex and he's making many mistakes and his return to Block Talk Radio. Uh, it's happened when you have live air. You just have to go with the flow, right? Anyways, if you have any further questions on cakes, email me at alicecardinelli93 at gmail.com and I will answer your questions on cakes. So, do you guys really enjoy this primetime baking show? Well, I know that I do, and I hope you guys enjoy the primetime baking show. Because guess what? The primetime baking show is going to air every single Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. That's right. Chef Alex is back on Blog Talk Radio every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern on the American Variety Network. And I'm going to be doing baking shows. I believe I'm the very first baking show here on Blog Talk Radio. So if tonight is any indication, with all the live listeners ahead in my chat room, this show is going to be a great success. Next Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern, we're going to talk about cheesecakes. We all love cheesecakes. We'll talk about baked cheesecakes versus non-baked cheesecakes. And I'll have some great cheesecake recipes, including Oreo cheesecake, peanut butter cheesecake, Twix cheesecake, Kit Kat cheesecake, and more. So dessert lovers, sweet tooth lovers, join me next Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern for my next episode of Primetime Baking. Now, I'm undecided if I'm going to be bringing back my regular food cooking show. Uh, I guess the answer to that would be right now, maybe. I'm going to have a definitive answer next Monday. But as of right now, this week, I'm going to say that if I do bring back the cooking show, maybe it'll be every other Wednesday. It'll be an occasional Wednesday that I do the cooking show. But I'll have an answer for you on that next Monday's prime time baking show. As of right now, I think I'm just going to stick with the primetime baking show and see how that does. And then maybe occasionally on Wednesdays, I'll do a cooking show. But we'll discuss that at the end of next Monday's show, what my final decision will be on the cooking show. But I really enjoy talking about baking. I love sweets. And I'm going to have some guests here on the show. Now, please bear this is my very first baking show. So I might have made a few mistakes tonight, but we're far from done on talking about cakes and stuff. I'm going to do individual shows on butter cakes and red velvet cake and uh, German cake. There'll be different shows on all the kinds of cakes. And also I get some guests on the show who are experts in frosting cakes and experts in making cakes. So you can bake your ass. I will have a variety of guests here on this baking show. All right. So before I end today's show, I've got a couple of announcements regarding the American Variety networks that I'd like to make. First, tomorrow, Tuesday, August 11th, 2015, at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. 
Wrestling and 2 p.m. Pacific. Cool Cat Willie T returns to the American Variety Network for our In Your Face talk show. And tomorrow, Cool Cat Willie T and myself are going to be talking about how to live on a budget and how to save money. Because let's face it, money is tight here in America and we save our money. So tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern, make sure you tune in to hear us talk about how to save you money. We have Wednesday off, and then Thursday, August 13th, 2015, at 8 p.m. Eastern for you fish-keeping lovers and you discus cichlid keepers out there. Hannah Pro Discus will be a guest to talk about discus for the first time in a while. And Saturday, August 15th, at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, I, Alice Cardinelli, turned 22 years old. This Saturday is my birthday. And I'm going to have a 22nd birthday party celebration show at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. I invite you to check that show out and join us as I celebrate my birthday. I really would love if you called into the show. So please call into my birthday celebration this Saturday at 1-347-989-8142. I appreciate your call. Or if you can't call in... You can record a simple MP3 greeting saying, Happy Birthday, Alex, and email it to alexcardinelli93 at gmail.com. All right? So those are all of our shows for this week. We've got a great week of shows. And don't forget, next Monday at 9 o'clock, cheesecakes will be our next topic on primetime baking. All right. I think I baked up a storm here tonight. Hope you guys will try some cake this week. It's my birthday this week, so you can bet I'll have cake this week. Either red velvet cake or a beautiful chocolate cake, but I'm definitely going to have cake this week for my birthday. So on, on behalf of my birthday, I want you, the listeners, to have some cake. All right, Chef Alice Cardinelli and the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show and Primetime Baking say thank you for listening to this Primetime Baking Show. We hope you guys have some cake and have a great week. Thank you for listening. Chef Alex out of here. Good night, everybody. The crazy Italian-American turns 22 on August 15th. So on his birthday, he is going to host his own 22nd birthday episode. And you are all invited to be a part of it. There will be some great topics. A Mike's Hard Lemonade Alcohol Review. And more. Call in live at 1347-989-8142. That's 1347-989-8142. To wish Alex a happy 22nd birthday. So come on, celebrate your Osa's birthday live Saturday. At 10.30 p.m. Eastern. 9.30 p.m. Central. 8.30 p.m. Mountain. And 7.30 p.m. Pacific. Sit back, relax, and unwind. As Alex has a blast. And does what he loves on his birthday with an awesome show. www.blogtalkradio.com slash American Network.